0: So I have a quick story, grandmother's story to share. One evening, my Israel came into my room. He's four, if you don't know my Israel. And uh, he said, Nana, I want some chocolate milk. And he loves chocolate milk. And I said, well, Israel, you have to ask your mama. And he said, well, I did ask mama, but she said no. And I said, (laughs) mama's the boss. I can't be the boss, and he looked at me and he said, but you have to pretend to be the boss. (laughs) He doesn't know that most of my life that's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) But that's my boy. He's way too sharp. Hey, listen, I need to apologize right at the beginning. I, I did study this lesson, and I have notes prepared for you. But as I was going through my notes last night, right before coming here and teaching last night, God really showed me that there was a piece that I had not brought in. And it's very near to his heart. So these notes aren't, the notes, poor Jazzy back there, they aren't going to exactly follow. And so I just encourage you to take better notes. Okay? Today we're going to be talking about your DNA and your DNA matters. And, ladies, we've got some work to do. Because I had originally prepared this message talking about how how important our DNA and understanding who God made us to be and how long ago he planned us and how important it was and how specific he was and how intimate he was in creating us. And that's really what I spent the message talking about. But what the Holy Spirit really revealed to me last night was that as women, uh, we're not exactly happy with our DNA. And when we're not happy with our DNA, there's shame. And there's self-hatred that comes in. And when, when those things seep into who we are, into that place that God created us, we, we're, n- we're no longer able to function as the person that God created us to be and take that place that we have that only we can take, that only you can take. And so we've got some work to do tonight, ladies. We've got we've to transform our thinking. And so I've changed up some things, but let's first just get into some scriptures. Um, Psalm 3115 says, My times are in your hands. And then Jeremiah 2911, and we quote this often, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a hope and a future. And we read assurances like this always in the Bible. And, and I think we don't allow ourselves to take it in. Because I think that far too often we go, but what am I here for? Like, why am I here? And what is my purpose? And I think we spend our lives asking that question when these types of assurances are all over God's word. Let's look at a few more. 2 Corinthians 2.14. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. And I loved this particular scripture in talking to us as women because you know how much we like scent and perfume. And for, for us to know that who he's created us to be, he's put us out there among people to be a sweet perfume to them, to be attractive. That's what we use scent for. It's, a, it, it's to be attractive. Sometimes it's to cover things up too. But mostly it's out there to be attractive, don't we though? And <laughs> but mostly it's out there to be an attraction. And so God has put us out there as a sweet perfume. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new has come. Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, four, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Let me read that in the New Living Translation. Even before he made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Are you hearing the assurances of who he has made us to be? I mean, just in that one verse alone before the foundation of the earth. Before he created the world, I think sometimes, you know, I was just, um, my son was visiting. He left this morning. I'm going to have a good cry later. I'm not going to do it now. But um, he's my oldest, and then my two girls, my Mikey here and my Lauren, who lives in San Dimas. Um, I don't get to have the three of them together often. And, And we spent a day together at the ocean on Friday while Zach was visiting, and it was awesome. But you look out at the ocean, and you think, how amazing this creation is. How It was a beautiful day, so it was really spectacular, wonderful to be there. Or you look at the mountains, you know, how quickly we can get to the mountains here in California and how beautiful and amazing they are. But you know what? I want you to take this in. I really want you to listen to this because we, we are really very spoiled with God's creation. We see it around us all the time, and, and there are moments where we let it in, how amazing and how beautiful. But do you, I want you to hear this. Before the foundation of the earth, he created his most beautiful creation. He thought of it and he planned it, and it was you. Before the foundation of the earth, he planned you. And then he made the earth. Are you hearing that? Are you letting it in, not as just so many words, but really knowing the time that he took and how it was a plan? 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen and no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And the difficulty comes in when we can't see it. And that's where our doubt comes in. We, we have a difficult time seeing us the way God sees us. And, but is it really possible to see his grand design? And I say yes, it is. But we run into our first stray thread here and our first stray thread in God's design is why this body? Why this face? Why this crazy hair? You know, why why this God? Why this nose? Like what's going on here? And and we get stuck in this place because we have a world that wants to worship a perfect body. And and we're, we are inundated with what media says is the perfect body, but can I just even tell you that the women that are in those pictures aren't even those women? It's a creation of someone with Photoshop and their idea of perfection, and can I say most often it's a man? Can you let that in? And we take those images that we see and we line ourselves up against it And the shame and the self-loathing that we allow to come in changes us. We can't change our DNA, but we can certainly change what God has given us. We can allow shame and loathing to really disform us. And we've done that. How often have we done that? One of my guilty pleasures is watching um, shows that have some transformation and I the reality shows so like my 600 pound life um intervention shows like that I love show shows about transformation I love watching people take on transformation and let's face it some of the times in those shows it doesn't happen they refuse it which is it's it's heartbreaking at the end of the show when you find that someone has not embraced the opportunity for transformation But one show I was watching about a woman who embarked on the process of of, um, gastric bypass and and really changing her life, and she was gung-ho, and she went for it, and transformation was possible. And she got to the place where they needed to do a skin surgery. She had so much skin hanging, they had to do a skin surgery so that she could continue progressing. And after her skin surgery, she went home, and she got right back on her treadmill and walking and and not eating enough because she was going to do this. Well, she still walked like she was a 600-pound woman. She was now a 250-pound woman. But her body, she still moved her body like she was a 600-pound woman, and she completely destroyed her surgery. And she had to go back into the hospital. And she also wasn't eating enough food to give her body the nutrition to heal. So she didn't give it the time or the nutrition. And so she had to go back in the hospital, and it was a couple of months of just laying on her stomach, allowing her body to heal from the inside out. And the point of sharing that is we do that. We, our DNA doesn't change, but we change what God has given us. And sometimes it's physically, but a lot of times and mostly it's what we do to the inside of us, what we allow in, how we kill off pieces of ourselves, how we allow shame and self-hatred to change our concept of who we are and who God created. And so we walk differently. Our head hangs down. We won't look at people. We won't talk about certain things. We certainly wouldn't dare open up our hearts to anyone. So we change this beautiful thing that God has created and we've deformed it. And we've allowed our minds to become deformed around who God created. Colossians 2, 6-7 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We need to walk like we're the person God created. We need to walk like the DNA he put together. Our bodies, our face, our hair, the way we look was specifically and intimately designed by him. Can we look around the room and say that God is into diversity? He is into different. He loves out there. Love's different. Hey, I'm a Viking. I am never going to be a size two. That is n- that is just never in the cards for me. Now, I can allow that, and I have in my life. I have allowed that to warp the way I see myself and who I present to the world. I'm never going to have a size six foot. Size ten is it, dudes. I can't. You know, you can't change your foot. I don't care how much weight I lose, my foot's going to stay the same size. I can wear the same earrings I wore in high school, though. Don't be jealous. I don't want to, though. Um, we allow our minds to warp and to change. And, and, and we are the ones who, who take what God has created and we create something else from it. You know, if, uh, D- we use DNA now a lot to discover who's committed a crime. That kind of often shows us who, who's been involved in committing a crime now. Ha- does DNA tell us that this is a criminal? No. That's what someone who is involved in criminal activity has done and left their DNA for us to discover. But the DNA is who God created. The DNA is that beautiful creature that God created. And that's the warping that goes on in a brain that would go out and hurt people, but that's not what God created. God created sizes. I'm telling you, sizes. And um, I once went for a physical, and this little teeny petite little nurse got on a step stool to to measure my height, and I'm like, seriously, <laughs> I am only five seven, honey. <laughs> I'm not a giant. <laughs> anyway, but sh- this is who God created. It's this little teeny tiny person who viewed me like a mountain. I, You know? God is into different. He just is. This is not the hair I was born with, but he knew at 35 this was the hair I was going to end up with. I had my hair like Mike. Mikey has this beautiful, thick hair you can do anything with. That used to be my hair. Well, no longer. I hope your hair doesn't turn into mine either. (laughs) But God knows. God knows. And he did it specifically. You know, I'm an adult person with ADD. I work in a job that is incredibly detail-oriented. I am not a detail-oriented person. But you know what? This is who God created. And there are some beautiful things about being a person with ADD. I view the world differently than some people, than quite a lot of people, actually. There is a beautiful thing about that. And when I was hired for the job that I do now at Foursquare Missions Press, it's very detail-oriented. And God knew and Bob knew that the job they were setting me to do was not in my highest skill set. But that's not why he hired me. He was pretty sure I could do the job. It would take some work to learn how to do the job, but I could do the job. He hired me because he needed somebody who was pastoral in the role. To take a bunch of people who worked kind of in silos, they all had, little, they all had their job and their position, but to make a team out of them. And that's why God put me in that job. In the meantime, you've heard the verse. We hear it, hear it quoted all the time. In my weakness, he is strong. In your weakness, I am strong. He has given me editor eyes. That's not something that I could develop on my own. He has given me eyes to see details I've never been able to do before. And it's come with experience, and it's come with some hard work, and it's come with some tears at the end of the day some days because this job consistently reminds me that I am not made to do this job. I am weak in this job. But what I see over and over and over is that who God's created to me was perfect for this job, and the rest of it that's weak, he is strong. He makes up the difference. He shows me. He develops me. So all those places where you've allowed shame to come in and warp your sense of thinking of who you are, God is saying, it's who I made you. Can you see that I am strong? Can you see that I created you with strengths and weaknesses? He did it on purpose. Because if all we had were all of our strengths, we don't need him. If we're always operating in our strengths and we don't allow our weaknesses to show and don't allow Christ to shine through, then we don't need him. And I'm telling you right now, that warps your DNA. If you begin thinking that you're all that and you've got it all under control and that you can handle everything, that warps your DNA because we need him all of the time. And every day should show us how much. If we're honest with ourselves. If we're operating in who he's made us to be and not with a false face in front looking like handled. Moses complained about his DNA. You know, God called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And he said, but I stutter. I can't do that. I stutter. And God had to remind him who made his mouth. Who created him with the weakness? God created him with the weakness. Why? Why? So that Moses would go in, and when he's talking to Pharaoh and he's telling Pharaoh what's going to happen, he knew that it wasn't him who was creating the miracle. It was God. And so that Pharaoh would know that this man wasn't capable of what God was doing. God had to be the strongest there. God had to be seen there. It couldn't be Moses. It just couldn't be. Those Israelites would never have been freed. Moses' weakness, God's choosing of it, was designed on purpose. Psalm 139, 2 through 6 tells us, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down intimately acquainted with all my ways even before there is a word on my tongue behold O Lord you know it all that's a horrifying thought isn't it you have enclosed me behind and before you laid your hand on me such knowledge is too wonderful for me and it's too high I cannot attain it that section of scripture we hear quoted often But I'm not sure that, once again, that we allow it all the way in. I want you to hear the last sentence. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too high. I cannot attain it. God has laid his hand on you for destiny, for purpose, intentionally, intimately, And ladies, the work that we have to do is what we do to ourselves, what we tell ourselves, and it's not only that. It's how we hold each other often in judgment. Can you hear this? We as women hold each other to a measure that God does not hold us to. Can I say that the shame and self-hatred that you have inside you is the measure with which you are holding other women to? Can you hear that? We've got to knock that stuff off. We are priceless and precious. He died for us. He died for you. Who you are was enough that he would die for you. No, we're not worthy. We're not one of us worthy died for you and we've got to stop holding ourselves to a measure that is ridiculous but we've got to stop holding each other whether it's parenting, marriage, career, talents, the way we dress, the way we wear our hair, these are measurements we've got to stop using against each other in judgment. Stop holding yourself to this ridiculous standard that, by the way, a bunch of men with Photoshopping put out there for you. Is that the most ridiculous thing ever? It's ridiculous. God designed. God chose. God was intimately involved in who you are, in planning Before the found, before he built this world, before he created everything you see, he planned you. You are not a number, he knows you by name. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that you know who we are intimately, that you created who we are that those strengths in us and those weaknesses in us, Lord, these are created by you so that you can be God, so that you can show the world through us who you are, so that you can be glorified. Help us, Lord, to take it in. Help us, Lord, to really take it in that you have laid your hand on us. And as we go to our small groups, help us to wrestle with DNA you have given us by design, intimately designed by you and what we've done to warp it and God we ask for your forgiveness what you made was enough and it's beautiful in your sight a sweet perfume Jesus name